Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Motherfucking mini-episode. Mini-episode. Motherfucking mini-episode. Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another spectacular mini episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove the theories that you, the listeners, have at home. The shit that y'all come up with. All the stuff that you you force into our inboxes. All these weird opinions. You, So many of you come to me aggressively. You say, hey, bitch, you better talk about this thing that I care about. This absurd, problematic thing that I've invested my time in. You better ruin your relationships at home and out in the world with this absurd thing that I wrote down and thought that you needed to read. And you know what? I'm grateful for you. I couldn't be more grateful that you spend your time, you sick fucks, coming up with all of these ideas that you share with me. It's a blast reading all of these things. I got a a message just recently. I'm not going to say today. I'm not a liar. I'm not a goddamn liar. But I got a message from a a nice lady named Elizabeth who pointed out that in in my most in one of my more recent episodes, the episode uh, with Ashley Nicole Black, where we talk about white people being abducted by aliens, that I actually missed a major celebrity, a black celebrity, in fact, who claims to have had an alien experience. And that celebrity is none other than Kendrick Lamar. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Kung Fu Kenny himself claims to have been ab- not abducted. He, he's not a he's not a psychopath. All right. Let's make one thing clear. <laughs> Only psychopaths get abducted. But Kung Fu Kenny has, in fact, seen an alien. 
He talks about it on a Howard Stern interview and then some other interview with a goofy white man on the radio who I didn't recognize. And buddy, I wasn't interested. But he says that as a child in Compton, he was hanging out on his porch with his mother and there his mother was having a, a white wine and they're staring up at the stars and some stars start shooting across the sky like lasers, like in a weird, almost sort of like uh what was that game? Pong. Like they're shooting back and forth across the stars. And uh, people pointed out that maybe all, all his friends were like, maybe it was shooting stars. And he said, no, motherfucker, it's not shooting stars. You have to listen to me. And apparently no one listened to him. And that's how he got into hip hop. Some people get in through drugs. Some people get in through gang violence. Kung Fu Kenny, he got in through shooting stars that he said were aliens and no one believed him. It's the story I'm telling everybody, at least. Anyway, all right, that's my preamble up front. I think I covered everything you needed to hear. I want to talk to you about the conspiracy that was sent to us this week. It's an exciting one, a fun one from a, a nice person. A lady named Dina sent me. I think it's pronounced Dina. A nice lady. She says her name, so I probably will hear it correctly. And if I'm wrong, I'm not apologizing. I made my choice. You're Dina to me. But anyway, Dina sent us a lovely conspiracy theory, and I'm going to play it for you now. Hi, Langston. This is Dina from Nailed Brooklyn, it. New York. And I have a conspiracy theory. Honestly, I don't even think it's conspiracy. I think it can really be backed up by some research and some science. But my mama told me that dogs are racist. Mm. And yes, not <laughs> all dogs. Hashtag not all dogs. But dogs specifically belonging to white people. All right. And also, although my mother is very afraid of dogs, she did not tell me this theory. This is something that I have seen for a good portion of my life and have always wondered. Uh, so obviously, we all know that Black Americans have a very strained relationship with dogs. Fair. You know, if we're thinking about the ways that dogs have been weaponized against Black people, you know, during slavery and throughout the Civil Rights Movement, etc. But current day... I see kind of that, you know, dogs belonging to white people when they react to people in the street, specifically reacting to black people. I find that dogs are, you know, very apathetic <laughs> towards them, mm. um, can be very apprehensive um, towards them or just straight up hostile, like barking at black people and walking, walking down the street. And oftentimes white people are very much like, oh, you know, Sammy's never like this, you know, and it's like, yeah, because you're never around black people or, you know, whatever. But that's not saying that, you know, I think that most dog owners are literally training their dogs to run up on black people. Okay. Although I bet there are a good number of people who are literally training their dogs to run up and attack black people. Now but we're talking. I think it's probably more so linked to white people having overt or even subconscious feelings of nervousness, fear, and or hate that their dogs in turn pick up on because we know that animals are very sensing creatures but dogs pick up on those feelings and then their dogs in turn have those same feelings towards black people when they see them so i feel like there's something in there also i have a sub also, conspiracy theory again very light on the conspiracy because i think it's a real theory jesus christ but Dana. uh my it's friends 15 minute episode. think that white people are trying to show their new hashtag wokeness and or transfer their white guilt, you know, into buying black colored dogs. Mm. So I have two friends. They're both people of color and they're married to each other. And they've mentioned to me that when they walk their dog in their 
newly gentrified neighborhood that white dog owners will often come up to them, strike conversation and start talking about their, they have a black colored dog and start talking to them and kind of in a sense, white splaining that black dogs are underrepresented, you know, they're under adopted, you know, you're doing such a good thing, especially if they themselves, the white people That's how they get have you. a black dog, they'll talk themselves up about like, you know, they're doing a good thing, yada, yada. And my friend's mental response is like, you know, you know, the same thing happens to black people, you know? So there's kind of like this uh, tone deafness and cognitive dissonance that white people have that they're willing to go above and beyond to take care of their black dogs, but, you know, not do the same for literal black people. I don't know. Would love to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, Dina, thank you for sending us possibly the longest message allowed in the messaging apps. I don't believe I think you exceeded the the time you, you <laughs> there. I think as, after a while, Apple jumps in and they go, hey, you got to chill, motherfucker. I don't nobody want to talk to anybody this bad. You got to take it. Take it easy, Dina. No, I, I, it means the world to me that you sent this to us. I'm I was very excited to dig into this. There's a lot to unpack in this whole thing. I, I struggle with it. Right. This is a, a, a difficult theory because to imply that the dogs are racist implies that like dogs are born with some like innate hatred towards like a a group of people and i don't want to believe that shit i like a good idiot dog the other day i did mushrooms and hung out in the park and just met dogs i met a a dog named bernard he was fucking cool as shit i don't want to believe that bernard is secretly cutting his eyes at at a dominican man because he he has some relationship that that created bias. Fuck that. Bernard's just a good fucking dude. I like Bernard and I want to believe Bernard and anybody like Bernard is is a good dude, too. Remember, I'm talking about dogs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I made Bernard a, a hardworking uh, a postal worker. But for some reason, in my mind, Bernard's just a, a guy that said. It got me thinking about a few things because as a kid, and this is something I imagine we all heard as kids, is that dogs are colorblind, right? And we've all heard that over and over again. We were told that dogs could only see in black and white. And in my mind, that would mean that it would make it harder to differentiate between not colors of people, obviously black people or darker skinned people would look darker, white people would look white, but you probably would have more trouble distinguishing between uh, the various racial groups as much as just shades of people. That said, dogs are not, in fact, as colorblind as we've been led to believe. Skipping past all the science jargon, because that ain't my shit, dogs only have what is basically like referred to as two cones in their eyes, two cone receptors in their eyeballs, whereas humans have three cone receptors. We got three of them bad boys. So that says that the, the dogs see less color than we're able to see. But apparently, even though dogs can't see turquoise, they can still see nigga. That is a real fact that some of my research has unpacked. Turquoise, not a possible. Nigga, they can see that shit. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I looked at a study. I read an article, a real, a real article, not just a bullshit Google one that uh, justifies me talking for an hour to my friends, but a real article from Psychology Today that was called Can Dogs Be Racist, where they tell the story of this black woman who's hired as a replacement to clean this Catholic church, right? She's replacing a white employee and the, her and the white employee walk up to the church together. The white employee is basically going to show her the ropes, teach her how to how to clean up all that priests come in the secret areas that priests come. You know what I mean? She's going to teach her exactly how to get the business done. But she takes her to the church and the woman at the front desk of the church basically sees the black woman and says, yo, you can't come in here. She didn't say yo, but you all knew that. She said, yo, you can't come in here because the priest dog is kind of racist. Now, the black woman is horrified so much so that she files a complaint, a discrimination complaint to the Diocese of Memphis, in which she basically says this is discrimination. They're trying to keep me out of this church. They're trying to keep me from being employed. Now, the Diocese of Memphis does an, a full investigation. 
They respond. They go in. They do all the the digging that I guess a church would do into itself, which is probably not a lot. But they claim to have done a full investigation. And when the investigation finishes, they come back to this lady and they say that her complaint is invalid because, in fact, through their investigation, she was not being kept out of the church because of hatred, she was being kept out of the church for her own safety as they did find that that dog was very, very racist. <laughs> they basically dug in. They were like, nah, this motherfucker is real fucked up. And truly, we have no idea what that German shepherd was going to do to you if you went into that church to clean up all that priest scum. We can't let that happen. So the article goes on to basically say, you know, a lot of things about this. But before I get to the rest of the article, I do want to ask how the why the fuck didn't they put that dog down? Do you know what I mean? Like if the dog is that racist, that an entire uh, investigation proved that it was awful. Why, they, why wouldn't you kill it? That's that's the issue with the Catholic Church. I don't have any issue with their sexual allegations. I've made peace with that. I sleep at night just fine knowing that they just continue to move priests from from different area to different area and hide up all of their crimes. I'm fine with that. But if your dogs are racist, Catholic Church, you've got to make amends. Cool Pope, you better answer for this shit. You, you've been doing a lot of talking about homosexuals and their right to get married. And I don't think I like what you have to say about that. But you better come correct on this shit because you, ooh, this is big. Kill the dog. Put it down in a field like Old Yeller. <laughs> also another racist dog, if you're asking me. There's no way a dog named Old Yeller, born in what I assume was the, the 30s. I don't know how old that book is. But fucking kill old yeller twice shoot him they only put one bullet in him the first time because he was he had the rabies but you should have put two bullets in him for all the n-words he probably was barking anyway i'll get back to the research that said uh, <laughs> this sort of continues in the study and it talks about a the work of two scientists at the university of illinois springfield where they theorized, they did this whole research study where they theorized that dogs are not born with innate hate for certain races. But like you said, Dina, they pick up that hate from their owners. And in this study, they unpacked a group of dog owners, explicit racial bias, meaning like them using words, racial words like mosshead or nignog, you know what I mean? Like real racial words. And then also they unpack their their implicit racial biases. Like if they were to make negative associations after looking at a picture of, I don't know, Sterling K. Brown. There's no reason to have negative associations when you look at Sterling K. Brown. That's a good man. He ain't never hurt nobody. He got a little crust in the side of his mouth. I don't know if that's permanent or temporary, but I, it don't bother me. Keep doing your thing, Sterling K. You are a good actor and a good man and you love your wife and your kids. I'm proud of you. And please come on the show. We could delete the part about the crust in the side of your mouth. It's not important to me. I just like you. Anyway, they do this study and they uh, sort of unpack these dog owners and their uh, explicit and implicit racial biases. And then they also unpack some of the reactions that these dogs have in, in relation to the other races. And ultimately what they find is that by and large, most dogs tend to have more positive reactions to people of the same race as their owners and less positive reactions towards people of different race. It's just the way it is. And one of the things that they talk about 
God is in fact the exact thing that you said, Dina, that they theorize that part of it is not so much the dogs even hating people that don't look like their owners, but more not recognizing people that don't look like their owners, meaning that these owners are not are, are keeping minimal degrees of contact with people of other races. And thus the dogs are seeing these people of other races as unfamiliar and going into animalistic sort of responses. It's kind of like how I do when I when I go into a Qdoba instead of a Chipotle. You know what I mean? I know it's the same thing, but it scares me and it makes me want to start barking. I don't I don't trust you, Kidoba. And you probably do the exact same shit. It's the same quality of meat. But God damn it, if it doesn't make me want to pee in a corner when I walk in there. The issue of black dogs not getting adopted, because that came up quite a bit in some of my research, is actually something that I didn't know was coined by some liberal elites as black dog syndrome. That's a real thing that a human person decided to write down. (laughs) Black dog syndrome is what they're calling this thing. And that fucked me up because syndrome implies that someone is sick, right? The dogs aren't sick. They're not. the, The term black dog syndrome is not saying the black dogs are sick. Black dog syndrome is referring to other people being sick for not wanting these dogs. And you motherfuckers are the ones that coined the term. Therefore, you motherfuckers are sick. But instead of owning that, everyone is just walking around like, man, it sure is terrible. It's a terrible thing that this syndrome exists. Wish there was something I could do about it. But unfortunately, I just do the naming. Anyway, let's euthanize all these extra black bastards we've got laying around. (laughs) All these extra black dogs, I guess we got to kill it, but nothing we can do about it. Literally, no one could adopt these dogs. I just named the syndromes. Anyway, so this black dog syndrome refers to exactly what you're saying, that statistically black dogs are, in fact, less likely to get adopted than some of their lighter skinned counterparts. We're much more likely to adopt a, a Chris Breezy dog over a A meek mill dog. Yeah, look at me staying urban and contemporary. Anyway, at the end of the day, what upset me in sort of unpacking some of this research is I don't know that I would argue. Look, it's it's possibly true. Some of the research sort of contradicts itself. There's actually plenty of evidence that black dogs do get adopted quite a bit. Blah, 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 blah. Who knows what the fuck is happening with the dogs? But at the end of the day, I would argue that black people are doing themselves a disservice by focusing on the well-beings of black dogs. And I like dogs. Remember, Bernard, I give a fuck about dogs, but I'm not a fucking dog. So make the laws better for me, for me, niggas, and stop teaching your stupid ass Maltese to clutch itself inside the purse that you're clutching as black people walk past you. We, we're focusing too much on protecting a thing that is mostly just soaking up our own ignorance. That's not the, the goddamn goal here. And more importantly, stop breeding them. Stop making them into these weird weapons of your hatred. Let's just all make peace with dogs and let them be great like Bernard instead of being pieces of shit like my dad's wife dog who was very mean to me. A very mean dog to me. And and do I believe that my dad's wife trained that dog to be mean to me? Absolutely, I do. That said, it wasn't racial. It was personal. 
It was it was at the core of that human being. And we need to be looking at our own cores and reflecting on how we can be better out in the world instead of uh, creating syndromes that don't exist. All right. I did it. I yelled about a bunch of stuff and I felt passionate. And Dina, I hope uh, this was helpful. And <laughs> I have no idea how it could be. But you know what? The world is healed. If you, like Dina, want to send us stuff, you can send it to mymamapod at gmail.com. That's where we take this stuff. And I would love to hear from you. It would be a great time to to hear your voice memos. We're going to do this every week. I have a great time just talking to myself and watching the producers shake their heads in shame at the horrible things I say about about Sterling K. Brown and my dad's wife. (laughs) Okay, bye. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.